0: what's up everyone welcome back to the game plan nfl week three we're talking dfs we're talking best bets and we're talking it we're talking about it with the best in the game john stat of alessia from the sharp app what's going on john welcome to nfl week three week three man flying by already that's how it goes for the nfl season things start moving um i like i like when we get to this part of the season because um And as a data-driven person, I would imagine you do too. As we finally start to get enough data from these games and these players to start understanding some usages, teams, you know, come out of their uh, look sort of early season funk a little bit where they're off their game and start to, you know, play as you were expecting them to, you know, uh, winners and losers are emerging in the the fantasy space in terms of
1: usage and everything. So uh, uh, this is an exciting time. Yeah. I mean, listen, the first, the first couple of weeks, like you said, it's first couple of weeks you could have an advantage. I mean, I know, you know, you study it all summer long, so it, it it does, you, you could have an advantage over the field, but for the numbers guys like myself, uh, yeah, things start to kind of weed themselves out, so to speak. So you, uh, you start to get a a feel for, you know, which, which running back is going to get used more in, in the, uh, out of the two let's say and and which wide receivers are going to get all the target shares and and things like that so the numbers start to get a little bit clearer um and in some instances things get a little bit more cloudy so you know that uh the NFL is tricky in that way but yeah as these weeks go on we we should get a little bit more clarity on on the data and who's going to get usage And, and that's really what it's all about in the NFL more so than than talent as you know absolutely now um
0: what we're going to talk about on this breakdown, as always, uh, we're going to take a look at the Sunday games, Sunday group of games. We're going to take a look at that from uh, taking a look at some DFS and fantasy angles. And we're also going to take a look at some betting angles for those games. So we're about to jump right into it. But first, I want to mention uh, a thank you to our sponsor, Mojo Fantasy. Mojo Fantasy is an awesome app where you can effectively bet props on a sportsbook that are liquid at all times, but in a DFS format, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, we want to mention them and thank them as well as we're now getting ready to get into this game breakdown. John and um, NFL Week Three is really interesting from a game totals perspective because there's one game that stands out above all others: the, the Vikings game with a 54 point total. The next best game: uh, Broncos Dolphins at 48 and a half. And then it just drops down from there in terms of the total. So DFS should be really interesting this week in in terms of how do you deal with this one game that stands out so high above all. It's not that unusual. It happens all the time. Last week, the most standout game completely dudded. And you saw the chalk faders do incredibly well last week. Um, We'll see if that trend continues. But uh, let's get right into it, John. First game on the docket. Falcons at the Lions. And this is a pretty interesting uh, total here at 46. It's sort of in the upper echelon of game totals. Falcons are run heavy team. They're two and zero at this point, they're coming in as three and a half point road underdogs um, going into the dome to take on the lions. So my question for you here is um, any betting angles here uh, with the lions, three and a half point favorites. Does this say uh, the one and one lions uh, are favored against the two and zero Falcons?
1: yeah i jumped are you hearing the thunder by the way you no hear i, mean? I here. yeah we're in the middle of a storm right now so <laughs> if you lose me but hard for the course um, in florida yeah this is you know our afternoon storms but yeah the the line at three and a half i took this one yesterday just um i took the the dog here uh atlanta plus the three and a half i liked it with the with the hook so and you could still get that three and a half out there um quite I think all the books really pretty much have it at three and a half so I I like grabbing that now before it gets down to three if you do like the dog I think if you like Detroit you could kind of wait on this one um and the the line has come down I mean from there it it was up it it hit all the way up to six came all the way down to three it's kind of settled in at the at that three and a half number the money's been coming in primarily on Atlanta 50 50 on the tickets and the total in this game the under has hit about or it's taken in about two to one on the money on the under, excuse me, sorry, on the underside of the game from a DFS standpoint. Yeah. You, you mentioned that uh, Atlanta run, run heavy. I mean, I think it's now basically what the Bijan Robinson is going to be the show, right? I mean, that's, is it the, any of the Algier talk I think is done. I mean, if you've watched the games, which I know you watch, I mean, Robinson just looks like, I mean, he, he looks like one of those few special running backs. There's a reason you take him early.
0: Bijan is so good. They are still mixing Tyler Algier in the game plan but you watch the game and Bijan is so freaking good and, and and this team is so run heavy that it doesn't matter like Bijan's getting 25 touches and th- that's with only 60% of the of the workload so there's so much running game work anyway with this team that it it doesn't really matter, but Bijan is a stud. He will be a stud for soul. I love this kid, right? But he's already priced as a stud on the DFS side. So we have to accept that we are paying full price for this fellow. Um, It's interesting that the the running back that I'm I'm more excited about in this game is actually Jameer Gibbs, potentially. Um, If Montgomery... So there's a little conflicting information about Montgomery's injury, where um, the Lions are saying day to day and montgomery saying a couple weeks right so we'll see which one is true but but if montgomery doesn't play in this one we we might get to see that other first round running back jameer gibbs finally featured in a game which is something i'm super excited about if that comes about this week um i think bijan is absolutely playing the other side the um the only other angles here that are of interest, of course, Amon Ra is always interesting. I think um, the fact that Josh Reynolds is still priced super low. I talked about him last week on this breakdown as well. And who's 3,700? I was like, that is going to be one of the best plays of the week. Of course, he wound up in the Nuts lineup. So I'm glad for everybody who watched this show last week that was able to get onto Josh Reynolds, but he's still underpriced relative to the role on his team. He's still a sub 4,500 on. DraftKings and cheap on FanDuel as well, although not as cheap. So um, definitely a good play to keep your eye on with Josh Reynolds. And Amon Ra is always in play every game. Last week, we did finally see Drake London have a decent game as well. And I think that could continue to be the case as Drake London is like the only option in the passing attack for the Falcons. So um, definitely a couple of DFS angles. I think that will be interesting from this game. Um, as far as the bets, yeah, I would agree with you. I think you'd have to favor taking the taking the three and a half. Just got to take the points. Um, too close of a game to really be. Uh, I don't expect the Lions to blow out teams like this, especially such a run heavy, decent, decent, uh, decently playing defense team like the Falcons. Um, next up, the Bills are taking on the surprising the one and one Bills are taking on the surprisingly good two and zero Washington commanders with Washington coming in as six and a half point home underdogs in a game with a pretty anemic 43 and a half point total. So John, I mean, the bills have not been blowing anybody out of the water so far to start the season. Um, they looked better last week, finally utilizing Gabriel Davis in the game a little bit. Uh, are you laying the six and a half here? You laying that juice. It's quite a bit, uh, too late.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's probably a little too much. Um it's it's almost like they're sucking you in here with the six and a half, not giving you the seven. Like they're just kind of teasing you into taking Buffalo on on this one. I don't, I don't really have a play that I necessarily like on the game. Um, but the line, I mean the line did move from four and a half up to the uh up to seven briefly and then back down to six and a half. Most of the money, as you might imagine, is gonna be is, is coming in right now on the on, on Buffalo. Because like I said, I think it just feels like they're sucking you in on that line um the total catching most of the money to the over as well I think when you look at what happened in that Buffalo uh, or that Washington game last week where um really it wasn't the offense necessarily of Denver that let them down although they stopped scoring but they scored a ton of points in that game so I think I think they're looking at it like if Russell Wilson as bad as he's been can uh can can look that good against this defense then perhaps we're gonna see uh we're going to, we're going to see Allen go off on this one. So people are coming in, betting the, the over for me right now. It's kind of a, it's, it's a no play um, as far as uh, there's no bets that I like. Maybe some props later in the week as we go, we'll, we'll start analyzing those.
0: Yeah. There's only so many props out um, this early week. Uh, I I don't know. I, you know, Brian, uh, Brian Robinson has been pretty good at running back for the commanders. So, as far as like as far as fantasy plays from a game like this, the commander side is tough because I don't really trust the pass catchers all that much uh in this kind of a spot. I think uh maybe Jahan Dotson could be live here as as the Bills do have uh some quality uh CB1 talent that I would imagine would be on Terry McLaurin which might push some targets over to Jahan Dotson. It's all very speculative. Um not not something not a side I'm really super excited about though. The Bills side, though, I, I think you could always play some spots from the Bills team. Josh Allen is just always a threat for 30 plus. I don't care what the opponent is. I don't care who they are. He's always going to be a threat for a 30 plus. So I think he's in my mix just from that reason. One weird thing last week that that emerged from the Bills game was just a massive game from James Cook. And I do have some observations about that, John. Like, I, you know, James Cook had a big game at the same time. You know, he put up over 100 yards rushing, got 17 attempts last week. But at the same time, you know who was in the game at the goal line? Lats Murray. Uh, Damian Snacks Harris. It wasn't Jimmy Cook. And so where I don't want to chase his big game from last week, because I think, you know, asking for 100 plus yards and a bunch of receptions from a back that is not in the game, at the goal line, and, and for them to produce enough to make value at plus six at six K plus on DraftKings, that is not a recipe for long term uh, DFS success. I, I don't really see enough upside in James Cook right now. It could be wrong. Listen, pie egg on my face, whatever you want to say, that's fine. But for now, I think he is overpriced for the role. We saw Devin Singletary kind of have a couple good games uh, with with uh, with the Bills at one point, but in the end of the day, if they're not going to give him goal line carries, the touchdowns just are not going to be there. And that is not what I want in my running back selection. So I'm staying away from him. But I do think that Josh Allen is always going to be live for a 30 plus in a game like this. All right, next up, we've got uh, uh, probably the second best game on the slate from a DFS perspective. Uh, The Broncos are heading to your neck of the woods to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are coming in as six and a half point home favorites in this one. The game total is 48 and a half. And John, this one is, I, I, I love the Dolphins. I'm becoming like, I might be a Dolphins fan. Not from a care if they win or lose perspective. Let's not go crazy. But I just love a team that only throws to two or three players, but likes to throw a lot. That—that That is gold for me.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's predictability. That that's really the the uh what makes him fun for DFS. So, yeah, predictability, you've got the two what's the situation with Waddle? Uh do we know?
0: He's he's in in dis- concussion protocol or or being evaluated so unknown, unknown at this moment.
1: So, yeah, I mean from DFS standpoint, do they does it become then a hill heavy game or do they is there someone else takes over the Waddle role? I mean, that's the question.
0: I think Waddle ends up playing. So, Patrick Sertain is on the Dolphins, right? And that kid is a very good cornerback. He is like Sauce Gardner level, one of the young super stud cornerbacks. I think uh, he's on the Broncos. So if Waddle's playing, I'm excited to use Waddle because I think Sertain will be on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill cannot be completely contained, but if you put an elite corner on him, it should hold him down just a smidge. We saw last week the Patriots used a very, very deep safety approach to the game, which wound up getting the Patriots torched via the run. So uh, Belichick going to make you take away what you do best. Patriots went, went deep safety last week, covered everything over the top. And what ended up happening was Raheem Mostert winds up with the big game last week and scoring all the touchdowns, which is why the wide receivers were down for the Dolphins. I don't see the Broncos bringing that same game plan because the Broncos just are not Bill Belichick. They're not game planning. They don't have um, opponent-specific game plans the way that the Patriots would. But the Broncos are much more likely to throw certain on Hill and say, cover him, and then we're going to play our normal defense, which would open things up for Waddle if Waddle plays. So that's the side I'm I'm probably more interested in. But generally, I think the passing game should be great in this spot for um, for Miami across the board. The Broncos on the other hand, I don't know what to make of that team. They had that big game last week, but it was Marvin Mims catching big touchdown. The guy had six snaps. You cannot chase the Marvin Mims touchdowns. He he was barely on the field. Um,
1: how do you see it going down? Yeah. I mean, from, let me, let me just give you the betting, the, the, the uh, the markets as they're looking now, Uh, this move from five and a half up to seven back down to the six and a half number. Most of the money coming in on the Denver side, believe it or not, it kind of has that sharp feel to it. Like the sharp money's coming in, although we haven't, we haven't seen anything on the sharp report that we, we get from Anthony yet on that one. But if you're looking at the handles, it's a lot more tickets coming in on Miami, as opposed to where all the money is coming in on Denver. I mean, you would assume if the sharps were going to be in on, on a side, it would be on the, uh, on the Denver side, they're always going to be a little contrarian, And the fact, this is another one where, you know, that line sitting at six, six and a half and like everyone, a lot of people came away from that. A lot of the public came away from that Sunday night game saying, boy, this Miami team is legit, right? They looked really good, looked good defensively. When I look at my numbers from DFS, like they, it's only two games, but they're the best team against the wide receiver position right now um, on defense. And they're the best team offensively at the wide receiver position. No shock. So I don't know if they're going to maintain that um that their, their progress in, in, on defense, but you know, they've done really well at against the quarterbacks. They've done really well against wide receivers, not so well against running backs. So th- you saw that last, you, you saw that last week where Stevenson was able to get some uh I think I uh, did. He have one or two touchdowns in that game. Uh, I think the one, and he got some yardage on him. So, you know, again, this is early in the year, so we'll see how it all pans out. But yeah, it seems like just from the betting action, the sharp money kind of coming in, on the Denver side of the game. And then when we look at the total, the the money and the tickets are coming in on the over. So, you know, we love seeing that with Miami. There's a potential here for a game stack for sure um, when it's Miami. And um, listen, Russell Wilson, from a win standpoint, not good. But last week he put up some, you know, put up some decent numbers. So.
0: Yeah, it's tough to trust, you know, Russell Wilson over any kind of um, long period of time. But, you know, look good last week he you know one of, one of the things i was talking about in dfs was just like you never know where the nuts performance is going to come from there's no way that you should have thought going into last week like oh russ is going to be one of the high scoring quarterbacks on the slate or that although i did have daniel jones in my mix that daniel jones was going to be the highest scoring um
1: quarterback on an entire slate in that game with a 40 point total you never know where it's coming from you could have picked at halftime of the four o'clock games that and said that Daniel Jones wasn't going to be anywhere yeah. close to the, to the nuts. So By I mean, the that's way, that how I predict
0: that saved my DFS day a little bit. Um, just because some of the lineups I made were, were Jones Waller I Sounds like, Oh, here we go. They're running. Thank goodness for that. Cause, uh, my, my Trevor Lawrence lineups did not look very good last week. They looked horrible. Um, so glad about that. I, I think, um, DFS angles. Yeah. The dolphins have Xavier and Howard at, at, at cornerback, he's elite as far as a cornerback when he's healthy. And he's shutting down your WR1, who I don't really even know who that is, or, or if that's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or whatever, but they're doing that. It's tough to play Broncos running backs. Normally, like I'd be interested in Javante Williams, but he's not really getting volume yet. I think his explosive day is coming soon, but until we see him get more than 13, 14 touches in a game 15, like until we see him really take over the role as the lead back, it's really tough to trust him to do anything as well. So not a whole lot coming out of uh, this game for me outside of, like I said, if Waddle plays, I'll be really interested in Waddle as that. Anytime you see a team play that the Broncos, you want to go with that number two wide receiver, just because their number one corner is so freaking good. So I'm, I'm a little bit interested in that. And um, again, you guys are watching the game plan. And I've got John Statsational Alessia, number 10 ranked DFS player in the world, currently on the Roto Grinders ranking sheet. Top better and lead content uh, uh, analyst for the Sharp app with me here to break it all down. Next up, we've got the Texans taking on the Jaguars. The Jaguars this is a crazy number, John. I know this is a john bet situation. It has to be. I, if I know you, but the Texans are plus nine and a half in this spot on the road. The te- I, I haven't played that bad. The Texans have not been that terrible. What do your power rankings say? I am super curious of your take on this game. It has a 43 and a half point total.
1: Yeah, I know this This kind of sets up as one of those that I usually would like the dog here. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'm not touching this game just yet. Maybe when it gets to 10, if it could get to the 10, uh, potentially, um, I might take it. I'm I I'm actually waiting on that. I might still take the game. Basically, the way I'm looking at it is I'm hoping to find a 10. And as soon as that 10 pops, I will take Houston on this. And if I have to take a lesser line, I will, I'll wait until game time on it. So Eventually, I'm going to get a Houston bet in there. I'm just hoping I could I could get that uh, all the way up to 10. Now, the money's actually been coming in on Houston, so I'm not too optimistic that that's going to happen. The line did move from seven up to nine and a half, and it's just they won't give me the 10 uh, right now. So I'm just kind of looking up the sharp report. I don't see anything um, specifically on this game as of yet. So I think the Sharps, I think that's what you're going to wind up happening, which is why this game might probably doesn't get to 10 is I think the sharp money is just kind of sitting on the sideline. If it hits ten, they're gonna they're gonna hit it. But this is one of those where I'll wait until Sunday right before kick, and I'll take whatever line they give me. If it doesn't get to ten at some point during the week, so from a total uh, standpoint, the money coming in on the over uh, about two to one. The money on the over slightly more money than tickets uh, in that in in that fashion. So yeah, I mean, Houston has been better than I think. We maybe anticipated it's only two games in Jacksonville. I mean, not very impressive, obviously, offensively last week against Brutal. the Kansas City defense that you're like, you're not expecting much out of the Kansas City defense. I mean, Kansas City offensively didn't look all that great in that game either. So you got to give credit to Jacksonville's defense. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, in Survivor, I just did my Survivor video. Obviously, Jacksonville is going to be a, a potential play here for Survivor pools. But of the four double-digit favorites, or at least they're close to the double-digit, you know, this is the one that scares you maybe the most.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think the, the bet here is Texans I, I don't I don't really get how this thing goes to 10. It shouldn't even probably be at nine and a half. In my mind, the Texans have played well. they're 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 playing fairly well. What I love about what the Texans are doing is they're out there letting Stroud get crazy. The dude is throwing 44 to 47 targets per game. And for DS best purposes, we are seeing gold in front of us. There are three wide receivers on the Texans that are all averaging nine plus targets per game. And one of them is sub 4K on DraftKings. Like they're giving you tank Dell for free. Had nine targets last, uh, 10 targets last week. Uh, Nico Collins, who's one of my top plays in my, in my uh, Geeks Pick sheet over at DFS Army last week, wound up with something like 30 plus fantasy points in the game got another nine or 10 targets. This, this this is great. I love what's happening with, and they've given up on running the football almost completely. They're just out there like, hey, CJ Stroud, get out there and just throw it like a lunatic um, to just pass a ton. And that for me is DFS goal. I love it. But also the Texans should be able to score with that approach. So I don't really get why they're 10 point underdogs. Their defense has been pretty decent. and The Jaguars have just not played that well. So it's like a combination of factors. I think, um, let me ask you this, DFS angle, John. Trevor Lawrence burned everybody last week. Everyone, right? This is a good spot for Lawrence at home against the uh, Texans, right? It's a better spot maybe for Travis Etienne, in fairness, because the Texans are a team you want to run on. But it's a good spot. What do do you do in this situation? Do you go right right back to the guy? You're like, hey, he burned us last week. I don't care. Let's go back to it. If you if you did that philosophy and you went right back to Joe Burrow after getting burned week one, you got burned again in week two.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite choice, but I'm not gonna get I'm not deterred just by, by the fact that they had a bad game last week. I mean, I think we've had enough, um, you know, we've seen enough out of out of Lawrence and 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 the Jags here that they are more, you know, we, you'd have to think that last week was more of a one off than not playing a, in a team like Houston. Now, Houston, like you said, they've been throwing the ball, which means if they're going to throw the ball higher points uh, in the game, that leads to more opportunities for Jacksonville to score. So to me, it looks like more of a uh, of a game that you could have a really good game uh, game stack in this one. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to be deterred by the fact that he had one bad week. I mean, if, if people are going to get off him for that, but I, I you don't. Where you might see people off them is just because the line is so high. People always get worried on these high line games that you're going to uh, you know if it's a blowout, then you just don't get as many passing uh, opportunities in the second half of these games, which you know I can understand, but that that as well, that doesn't uh, doesn't turn me off all that much because you you consider, like I said, when when they're they're gonna be passing the ball, and I think Houston's gonna have success passing the ball. So if they do, that's going to force the that's going to force the hand of Jacksonville to go ahead and throw it as well. So I think you can get, um, you know, if this game is high scoring, you'll see one of the quarterbacks uh, along with at least one of the pass catchers, maybe two. And if it's going to be two, I think you you might get two from the Houston side and then one from uh, and one from the, the Jacksonville side.
0: That, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like, if you're playing, uh, you know, Ridley, you, you might as well throw throw a tank Dell or somebody like that in there or a Nico Collins in there, who I love again this week and just kind of do a little game, a, a little game build. And if the Texans keep this game close, the the Jaguars will continue to push on offense throughout. Again, I think this is the best spot is Travis Etienne in just the sense of it's good to run against Houston, but um, all of the uh, Ridleys and and we saw last week, everybody's kind of in play on that Jacksonville offense. Last week, it was uh, uh, Christian Kirk a little bit that was doing his thing. So yeah, a lot of different ways to approach it now. Um, again, I want to take a second to remind everybody about our sponsor, Mojo Fantasy. And John, a new segment that I want to do called the Top Prop Segment. And we're going to kind of mix these two things in. So let me, let me talk a little bit about our sponsor, Mojo Fantasy. Um, here's how this game works. Basically, there are thousands of NFL and MLB player props in there. You build a portfolio, and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. You pick as many props as you want, and you try to beat the crowd. It's a whole new way to play fantasy. The props act like stocks, so you could buy and sell live all game long. It's really the only fantasy app that allows you to make moves after the game starts, so you're not really stuck in a bad pick. You can cash in on a hot start from your player or just hang out and let them ride. That's it. Make picks, make moves, make money. You can check it out on the Apple Store right now and come to more states, sites, the Google Store soon. But currently, you can only get this if you have an Android phone. And John, that brings up the top prop segment. And what I want to take a look at right here is the Sharp App Top Props Proptimizer tool. So we can pick up a couple of spots uh, for our Mojo Fantasy lineups, amongst other things, right? So Mojo Fantasy effectively is just giving us props against the spread and you bet them. The cool thing about that site is, like I said, they are are live like a stock market. There is a live liquid market at all times uh, on the props, including in-game. But before we could really worry about that, let's talk about some props that stand out. So I brought up the Top Props optimizer Prop from the Sharp app. John, a lot of these formulas are your design. So, um, you know, be proud of this awesome tool that you've put together here on the Sharp app. Now, right up top, the, the, the I've got the Carolina-Seattle game loaded up because this, this one stood out for me. The total passing yards for Geno Smith, and you could see here, the uh, odds makers have this number set at 252 yards. The sharp app projection is 228 yards. How do you like this as an under this week? Um, I think part of the reason that projection is kind of below what the sportsbooks have it is because Seattle is super likely to dominate this game defensively and actually lean heavier on the run
1: than they might normally do. That's kind of how Seattle operates. But how do you feel about this particular prop? Yeah, I mean, I do like the under also. I, I have it. I was just looking at my projections a little bit higher on the passing yard. So I've got it at uh in the two mid to mid two thirties, which still gives you a decent value here on the under. I think, I I think you had mentioned you kind of like this one as well, right? You like the, you like this to the under for that same reason where you think they're just going to be able to run the ball. It's a little different scenario than they had last week.
0: Exactly. I think um, I, I, it makes sense and I want to parlay it. So I prefer if I'm going to, if I'm going to parlay, I want to prefer, I want to same game parlay with, with correlated events. And I think that, Lower passing yards for Geno actually correlates with higher rushing yards for uh, Kenny Walker III. So what I would do, and, and actually our projection model here on the Sharp App Top Props Optimizer tool does agree that um, if you take a look at Kenny Walker total rushing yards, the, the book number is 62 and a half, and we are predicting 69.7. It's almost 70 rushing yards. So there's a little bit of value in that over. But when you combine the under on Gino passing yards with the over on uh, Kenny Walker rushing yards. Hey, that's when you get, you know, the double, the parlay, the, the nice return
1: on a correlated play. Yeah, I have it about the same yardage there as well. I've got it just around 69 yards projected. So, um, yes, yeah, you got to see what the SGP is on that, but.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the number is when when you combine them. I'd imagine it's something in the range of three X. But but like what I do on a on the same game parlay, John, and I'm just gonna like take this away from the tool here for a second. What I like to do is I might take the alt line. I like to give myself a little more chance of of actually hitting. So I might actually push the the, the yardage number, for example, down to maybe over forty nine, and then I'll, I'll adjust those numbers a little bit. You know, reduce the the long oddsness of it, and, and that's just how I do it. And actually, I have a question for you. Um, but how, what do you think of that? So, just to increase my odds of hitting a little bit while still getting a more
1: than two uh, X return. I mean, here's the thing: if you're getting if you're getting good a, a good edge on the actual number, then without doing the math, you'll probably be getting a pr- pretty much a, you're, you're going to get a similar edge on the alt line. So I don't mind that at all. So like when you're using the 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 top props and you see an edge on there, and it's one that you agree with, don't just blindly take every top prop, right? I mean, you'll see, I give out the top prop uh, NFL picks, I give out MLB picks. So I go through and I, and I give the best ones that I feel. I mean, we might give out 100 props here that we think have value, but um, you really need to, to go through and filter them yourself and say, well, these are the five that I really like the best and play those. Uh, that's the way I use the tool and i think i think the most effective way to use it but with that said we were just talking to one of our guys uh, earlier today right and and he likes taking those alternate lines but he likes taking them to where he's getting plus money on it so you take a prop like this where it's 252 and a half on the under, so i don't know if they're, if they've got a prop at like 235 and 225 and he'll ladder it down or ladder it ladder it up depending so um Even if you take, you have to understand, so let's say you're projected, you also agree with that 228 projection. Even if you took it under 200 at whatever, you know, it's going to be an astronomically good price. You're like, well, your projection is over 228. Yes, but I'm getting a really good plus money on that. So you can, you can almost be assured that if you have an edge on the actual line that they're giving you, you also have an edge on all the alternate lines. So taking a shot there for a small amount of money, you may be able to get four to one, five to one on an alternate line. As opposed to even trying to yeah. part those lines, so there's a couple of different ways you can go about it.
0: I love it. I love it, guys. And if you wanna, if you wanna get signed up with the Sharp app and actually check out and have access to the Proptimizer tool and John's top props picks, you don't even have to go through the proptimizer. John is sifting through it and giving out his favorite plays from the from the tool in in a premium article every week. So you could just follow along. You've been crushing on that. I don't I don't have the numbers for the year, but you've been absolutely on fire. NBA, I think you're up 150 units um, just in the last year alone uh, in that article, fully tracked. So if you guys want to check that out, promo code DFSA20 gets you 20% off. You can sign up at sharp.app uh, for this tool. It's spectacular. It's $49.99 a month. You get the 20% off. It's $39.99. We never raise the price. And trust me when I tell you, that is a steal for all of the um, benefits that you get from this. So just follow my sucker bed. I'm, I'm three and up. You're just following my bets that I give out. You don't use anything else. Crushing it, John. I had a little. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about. A little uh, last week, in one of my parlays, it was a plus three twenty teaser, right? And the last leg was, Carol, uh, Seattle. Uh, it was the Carolina, the Panthers game, and uh, Saints plus four, right? So I had Saints
1: plus four when the Saints were minus three in that game. Why, why, why did you do that? First of all, okay. Why did ahead. I hedge it? No, what first of all, why did you take Saints plus four?
0: Why did I take Saints plus four? It was, it was, I I was all part of my big T. I thought the Saints were going to win the game. Simple, I get it,
1: but that is never, never, I I know,
0: I know it's, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You're correct in that I'm wasting the point, but I had a six or seven team teaser going, and I just got to put the teams in there that I think are going to win. I do have to cross the zero mark, and I do waste. Some of the points on some of the teams, but I, I, it's just how I've been doing it. I cannot take a team that I think is going to lose, even if I give them plus 15. I, I just don't like to have a team that I think is going to lose the game, regardless of the points. I, I'm, I just got problems. I got problems. I got issues. Don't follow my shit. I'm not. Now,
1: your player. question is, your question is, do you hedge that? Well, I did
0: hedge it, but my question is, should I have hedged it? So, no, going into Monday night, we were locked into a 3.5x win on our two-unit play. So I was up three and a half X if I if if this last okay. outcome came about. So I went on the book and I looked at the alt line. So there were two ways to hedge it. One was follow your bet, which was on Carolina my, uh, plus three. And I was like, ooh, John's on it. Okay. So there was a way to hedge it where you could effectively win both sides by just taking Carolina plus, plus three. And now if the game falls in the window, I win both. Or I... I was able to put, we're talking way too long about this topic, by the way, people are going to be like, you talk
1: too I've got a whole them. video on this, on hedging. If you go in, in the Sharp Academy, um, if you go inside the app and you go to content, Sharp Academy, there's a whole video on hedging and I know exactly you hate the hedge. why everything that you did was incorrect. So, I, I know you hate the hedge, but I will say this.
0: I got, I took Carolina minus three and a half. I got plus two fifty odds on it. I put half a unit on it and I fully protected my original bet so that even if that lost, I was still going to get my original money back. I only gave up uh, one half a unit of the profit of the three and a half unit profit of the bet. And for me personally, that was worth doing,
1: even though I know that that is not the sharp way. It's it's negative EV long-term. I get it. People like to hedge when they're, when they're going to hit these big parlays or something like that, because they want to be able to lock in some profit. I always say don't bother playing that last leg because if you were going to hedge the last leg, you would have made more money by not playing the last leg in the first right. place. So.
0: But then I would have yeah. hedged the previous leg and that would have fucked it all up.
1: And that's how everyone and that's <laughs> how everyone, does you know, everyone wants to go. Everyone. It's just a psychological thing. You yeah. want to win and no one losing hurts more than the win. So they you'd rather give up a little bit as long as it's a win than lose the full thing. And because f- you feel like you have it in your hands when you're just one leg away from winning a parlay. It's a, it's that close. And I mean, when you lose it, good. it hurts. So, you know what else, so the,
0: I lost money in DFS. So I had to make sure that I made it back on that one bet. It's
1: the, it's the, it, it, it was in the book, the, 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 um on, on score. Uh, I, I'm forgetting the book. The guys who wrote the Freakonomics book, but they, they did the, the, uh, these studies, the golfers who are making a 10 foot putt for par, make those putts, far more often than they make 10-foot putts for birdie because the mentality is when you're putting for par, you've already lost. When it's a 10-foot par for uh, ten foot putt for par, you've already lost. Where you're safer with your putt for birdie because you don't want to give up a win. Like if I have a 10-foot putt for birdie, I can't lose here if I just make a par. It's that same mentality. Like when a pitcher goes 3-0 and then 3-2, they give up less hits than when they start 0-2 to the batter and go 3-2 because when they go 0-2, they already felt like they lost and they want to make sure they just get the pitch over the plate when they're 3-0 to 3-2 they're like, "Hey, I'm playing with house money at this take point." Take my shots. It's the same thing you're doing on these parlays where you're like, "I've got this one. I can't afford to lose it. Let me just go in there and take my cash out or or hedge it or whatever I'm going to do." So, same mentality. I totally fall for that every time. But but what I don't fall for is hitting the cash
0: out button on DraftKings or FanDuel because they're ripping you off and Again, let's bring it back to our sponsor. One nice thing about Mojo Fantasy is when you have that same bet going on Mojo, there it's a liquid market at all times. They they have done something amazing there where that market is liquid. So, you know, if you're quarterback, let's say we're playing this Geno prop, right, on Mojo this weekend, the Geno and the over on yardage for um, Kenny Walker. Well, as soon as Kenny Walker hits the over, first of all, you could just sell it and you get 100%. It just cashes out. Now you could use that money for something else. But- on the Gino prop, for example, that's live throughout the game. So, if Gino is just uh, he's only got like seventy yards at the half, that that prop is already like paying out ninety cents on the dollar at halftime. You might choose to to cash that one out. You don't have to take a hit when you cash out. You just cash it out ninety cents and buy into a different prop. So, uh, reminder: check out Mojo Fantasy promo code DFS Army. You got to download it on the app. It's an app only. And it is a DFS game. You are not actually betting props against the market. You just, Hey, it's a $20 contest, uh 50, 50, meaning the, the top 50% double their money. And you get to bet props and parlays all weekend long on this awesome stock market style um, app. And then who, who, whoever has the top half of amount of money in their account effectively at the end of the weekend, they get the payout of that 50%. So you're actually not um, betting anything. It's play money, but you get the experience of sports betting in a DFS concept. Make sure you check out Mojo Fantasy. All right, let's keep going. There's another game here, John, Uh, a couple other games that are really exciting, but we're about to get to the big game of the thing. But before we get to that one, we got the Colts at the Ravens. The Colts are on the road, seven and a half point road underdogs, taking on a Baltimore Ravens team that is currently sitting at 2-0. This game carries a 45-point total. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Colts, John. I think it's going to be Minshew. That's the best I could say. It's going to be Gardner Minshew here. Um, he's a competent QB. I don't think they lose anything. I don't think the spread would actually be any as a matter of fact. I think I'd like the Colts more if Richardson was the QB, and uh, uh quite honest. But um with Minshew in there, seven and a half points. You taking the are you taking the points here?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm passing on this one. I agree. I would I, I like it with Richardson in there. I like what I've seen from Richardson so far. I mean, it's a shame. We've seen that with, with uh, quarterbacks now in the past, right, with these these running type of quarterbacks. We talk about it all the time, and this is, you know, the kid's played two games. He's been hurt in both of those games. He got taken out late in, the, in, the, in week one, and last week, of course, you know, scores the touchdown, gets two touchdowns early in that game, but gets a concussion on the touchdown. He, he so was
0: cool. on his way to an epic – an epic – I was long,
1: you know, I, I was double the market on, on uh, the Richardson also. So it was looking good there early and yeah, he, he would have been in the mid thirties most likely uh, in points. So it's a shame to see. Um, I like how he's playing. I mean, I just, I just like how he plays right now with just two game in. I am not as confident in Minshew. Um, I'm not sure what the line, it's not a huge line mover. I do think the, the line moves a little bit um, in favor. if If you get Richardson in there, I think it moves in, the Colts direction just a little bit, seven and a half. It's sitting at now, not, not a line that I want to touch, uh, 45 or 46, depending on where you're at for the, the total. And this one's kind of bounced around on, on the number between seven and a half and, and, uh, nine and a half, the total, not a ton of movement dipped down to 44 and then back up to 40, uh, 45 and a half. You see the, the Colts have gotten a little bit more of the money um so actually 2 to 1 on the money and the the, the total has been uh pretty split want to look and see if we're getting anything from uh uh from the sharps over on the sharp report on this game and not seeing anything on this one as of yet so it's like the sharps haven't come in we haven't seen a ton of money come in on the uh, square side either so Yes, yeah, so again, I think I think everyone's in a wait and see. Uh, when when do we know? I know he's in the protocol. So when do when do you find out officially if he can clear it? But
0: by Saturday, we'll we'll, we'll we should we should have a definitive um, yes or no. So we'll we'll know in a couple of days. I I think in in today's environment, the NFL's being a little more cautious. It's going to be less and less common to see players who legitimately get concussed. Le- there's a difference between legitimately getting concussed and being checked out for a concussion. To be clear but a player who's legitimately concussed i think we're going to see less and less of them playing within uh a few days of that concussion I, I i my guess would be right now i would say he does not play and that's just the environment we're in in the national football league today you should not be they 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 must not pressure these guys to come back too soon that will be a disaster a pr disaster a an insurance disaster and every other kind of disaster for
1: the nfl so they got to not do that um they dealt. They dealt with Tua last year, and I think that was the last time they're gonna. Uh, they'll deal. They'll deal with that. I
0: hold my breath every
1: Dolphins game that Tua doesn't get getting banged in the head. I'm so
0: worried about that kid. You have no idea. So as far as DFS angles for this game, it's a tough one. It's a very tough game to actually find. I, listen, I love Zay Flowers on the Ravens. Period. Uh, Mark Andrews, fantastic, right? Every single week, love Zay Flowers, especially we saw Odell Beckham get a little bit banged up last week. Um, He's old as shit. Zay is gonna have monster games all year long. He's underpriced for the role. He is the number one wide receiver. He is clearly, clearly ahead of Rashad Bateman on that team. There's no question that he's the top dog, right? But the Ravens offense isn't super high volume, but flip side, they don't have a lot of running back talent right now on the team. Uh, Hill is questionable to play this week. I think Gus Edwards is going to maybe be a bell cow, but who the hell knows, right? So it's very tricky. On the Colt side, similarly, normally, Michael Pittman might be interesting here, but with Goddard Minshew uh, and Goddard Minshew as a QB, or can we play him? I'm going to lean to no. I'm going to lean to no that Minshew is probably not a good play and that maybe the Colts offense isn't the best of plays here but there's some GPP upside there there's a little bit of like no one's going to play these guys because it's Minshew and maybe just for that reason alone there is some tournament upside but it's not a game that I'm personally looking to target heavy this week at all and and quite honestly Lamar Jackson's just been a fantasy disappointment people are thinking it's funny I talked about this in the offseason but this goes back years with Lamar Jackson. He hasn't been. He had a couple of really, really great games last year, but but a lot of bad games. A lot of bad games for a running quarterback. He is he is figuring out a way to have the legs, but not know how to use them.
1: I I, I just think they've they've shut him down. You know they don't want him to run. So I was just waiting. For I got runner. the ZZ Top reference. I got it. But right. the but right. the uh, yeah. I I just think they they're they're telling them basically and and I, I say this every week i'm like you have to beware of these guys once they stop them from running they lose a lot of value i get so proud of myself when i when yeah I, 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 I mean it was a good one when i do a pun um all right Alicia <laughs> referenced reference the good band i mean that's you know
0: listen it's it goes from the woo to zz top to the scorpions to fucking you know to uh seal i i'm i'm all over the place
1: i'm all well, over fortunately the they're not all uh they're not they're not all still alive but they used to i used to go every year to the beacon man great show the, the
0: um show for for not easy top the beacon was uh oh well, the allman brothers back in the day that was no, the, yeah the, i can't
1: deal with the i can't deal with the jam bands i saw yeah, the yeah. allman brothers once and i'm like they used to go to the beacon they'd be there for yeah, a month just i can't deal with it event i i walked out oh they're terrible i just can't i can't i can't sit there and listen to the same song for 20 minutes
0: you want to hear something horrible my wife wants me to bug the draft kings for tickets to um, uh, uh, Pitbull and uh, Enrique and uh, and Livin La Vida Loca, uh, uh, oh
1: uh, Iglesias,
0: en- Enrique Iglesias and 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 the really handsome dude and and uh, and Pitbull are doing it. She's like,
1: "Can we go to that?
0: I'm like, really? That's the one that we're gonna go see."
1: Yeah, that's that's where you use Ricky all
0: Martin. Your, I'm going to the Ricky Martin.
1: You're using Enrique. all your DraftKings capital on that.
0: Oh, I was like, you know, I can only make that call so many times. Yeah. You know, it's either that or UFC. No, we're going to Enrique. Keep the wife happy. Um, all right, Chargers at the Vikings, John. The game of the week, fifty-four point total. Pick them. Pick them. Chargers one point road favorites. Both teams zero and two. Neither team can go
1: zero and three. That's a go 0, two and one.
0: I mean that's a that's an immovable force meeting an an un the irresistible
1: force, force the yes. old gorilla monsoon yes the irresistible Me- force against the immovable object this is
0: Hulk Hogan against Andre the Giant trying to slam him in WrestleMania one or two three or three how do you remember the WrestleMania
1: come movie? on man. Come on, WrestleMania man. one was, was Mr. Was T. Iron Sheik. Uh, no, I think it was the iron sheet. Uh. WrestleMania one was Mr. T and Hogan against uh, Piper and, and Orndall. You're so good. You're so good. Um, I love it. I love that. You know that John,
0: I just learned that about you and it makes me happy.
1: I know all the old school eighties wrestling, everything. All of that makes me happy. Yes.
0: Um. So the chargers, this is a 54 point total game. So there is a ton of DFS angle to dissect here. But before I get to that, betting side, it's a pick'em game, 54 point total. Can you even I,
1: I am not fucking with this game at all? But what what do you have a take here? Do you have a side? I don't love it either. Uh from a betting standpoint. I, we haven't seen anything come in from the the sharps at all either on this game. I mean, like I said, close to a pick'em, 53 and a half. The total just got hammered to the up, right? So I mean it was open 49 and a half all the way up to that that 54 number. Um, we're seeing more, like, it kind of looks like the sharper money when you look at the handles is coming in on Minnesota and just, you know, the money and the tickets are all coming in on the over. I mean, I, I you kind of still like this game to go over. You still like, you got to still like points in this game. I, 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 I don't think I could bet this game under, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's too disappointing to like, I, I'm not really, I don't consider Minnesota disappointing or the Chargers quite frankly, because. I was bearish on both of these teams going into the year, especially Minnesota. You went, if you looked last year, they they won. Um, I forget how many games they won it, within like three points. They had a you, negative scoring margin. 13 wins over. with a negative scoring margin is absolutely insane. So there was going to be a regression this year. And now you're seeing it. They're losing these close games. So one of these teams, like I said, most likely is going to win. And um, so, yeah, which one is that going to be? I think I think the Chargers are the better team. Uh, but the game's on the road, and no, nope. no. Nope. So I, I think it's right where it should be. In the line,
0: yeah. I don't think you fuck with this game as far as a bet. It's too difficult. Um, but there are DFS angles galore, so I'm just going to start to get into the. Both of the running games are really interesting. Alexander Madison has not had a good game yet. Um, he has been a disaster, really. But and 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 there's a lot of people coming out. Oh, he's not good at football, and he sucks, and he's not a good running back, and blah blah blah. Listen this guy's been around for a while. He's had good games. So I don't think the talent is the issue here. I just, A, opportunity, B, variance, C, you know, game scripts, even though some of these scripts he should have done well in, to be quite honest. But I think the good games from Alexander Madison are coming. Right? So Alexander Madison, super low owned against the Chargers defense that you can run on. Um, Again, didn't do anything on other games where you could run, but, Here's another opportunity for Madison to have a game. Flip side, Austin Eckler has not practiced yet as of Wednesday. Um, We saw uh, Josh Kelly do nothing as chalk. We knew the chalk was bad last week. In fairness, you don't really, you got to be careful running backs against the Titans. So we knew that was probably not going to be good chalk, but it wasn't like he was stuffed. He just barely got any any touches at all in that game. So that's a little bit interesting slash concerning um viking side i mean has there ever been a better setup for uh you know justin jefferson to come out and smash like there's so many spots would look great um addison i think people are mistaking him a little bit in in the role him and kj osborne are pretty much on the field and getting targeted really similar so addison and kj osborne kind of similar plays on that team it's tj Hawkinson who's really the number two target he's priced up massively but i love Hawkinson in that spot and then on the chargers We saw last week that normally, now, John normally I don't like to play Herbert, and I've got a lot of shit from this. I've I've taken a lot of shit. Um, People made, ripped on me week one in some of my breakdown videos where I said, I'm not super high on Herbert because just the way that team plays, Herbert's a good player, but he never seems to crush the ceiling, right? And people just ripping on me. But the reason that that happens with Herbert is because Eckler is so dynamic of a running back, similar to why Purdy rarely has a, a smash game, is because the running back is so dominant on the team that they're usually taking one or two of the, the four or f- touchdowns that are available. And so you just wind up with Herbert not throwing for four touchdowns, which is what you need to win the tournament that week. He's got to throw for four. With Eckler on the shelf, I think the opportunity is there for for Herbert to have a different style of game than what he normally has so you can elevate Mike Williams and 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 Keenan Allen and those guys and Herbert to a playable spot. So that's a little bit of the way I'm going at it this week. I think you got to play some Herbert, you got to play some Cousins. This game is too high. How do you treat the highest game? You're you're really great as a DFS player in terms of fading the chalk, right? You're known as someone who does not get too heavy on a, on a team or a chalk. I look at your uh, lineups most weeks. To see what you're up to so how do you treat a situation like this where this game has got a 54 point total the next best is at 48 meaning this one is standing out as a shining you know beacon upon the hill of a game that's going to suck everybody's attention away how do you deal with this in dfs when you're max entering the millie maker or whatever it is you're up to
1: i mean if you're mass the mass entering on especially something like the millie maker I think you have to kind of spread it out. So you can't be heavy on just that, that one, at least I don't want to be, I don't want to be heavy on the one game that everybody's going to be heavy on. Uh, More often than not, that's not the game that's going to wind up taking down the Millie. So, I mean, we've seen it the first two weeks, the, the, the stacks haven't even been in my top 40 projected stacks. Um, that, that have hit. Now you've had a couple of, of good ones. Who was the, who, who wound up being the, was it a Jones stack on the milling? Jones to Waller was last yeah. week. Um, no. right. So that, that was, I don't even think that cracked like my top 40 stacks, um, that I had last week and the week before you had, you know, I mean, it was the two. Okay. Well, the two of one did was one of the better stacks, uh, in week one, but, but you, you know, they, we're seeing some of these stacks come from way back. Um. Way way lower uh, than the projected uh, totals. Uh, with I mean, Jordan Love Week
0: Jones. One popped. It was Jordan Love. He was nowhere on anybody's list. Yeah, yeah. But, well, then,
1: and then you know, Mac Jones had probably the second best game at a quarterback, I think, in Week One. Which I mean, who's ever going to see Mac Jones doing that? And last week we had um, Dobbs we, had a big week. You're Dobbs, like, what? yeah. Who yeah.
0: Dobbs? Uh, yeah. There were some surprising monster so games he, last week.
1: You know, we, it's always. When We look at it the week in advance, and we're, or we're looking at it like you know on a Wednesday here before Sunday, everything just looks so clear. You're like, okay, well, here it you know, oh, here's it, here's a good spot. Chargers, Minnesota, like boom, you know, Herbert's gonna be in a, in a uh, his lock button. Cousins, I mean, the Chargers gave up all those yardage, all that, yeah, Cousins,
0: Cousins puts up a nuts level performance as well last week, but it was a Thursday night on the Thursday game, yeah, but couldn't be more
1: unexpected. Against an elite defensive team. I don't remember who they played. Well, they play Philly, but now Philly, yeah, but you say they're elite. Philly's the one who gave up all those points to Matt Jones. So I mean who you know maybe they're not good. Are, are, are the Eagles not that great defensively so far? I see, I like- you know, I mean they haven't shown it yet. And so and then you see the Chargers gave up all the all that yardage to Tua. They're the ones who gave up the 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 nuts to Tua Hill combo in week one. So you gotta like cousins to Jefferson. I mean, the one good thing about Minnesota was last year is you had uh, Minnesota was the best stackable game stack of them all because they were just terrible defensively against the pass, but they put up a ton of points offensively. So, you know, your original question is when do you fade? I mean, this is not something that you necessarily fade. I think just when you're playing in your mass, in your mass entering, you're going to be in there maybe at the market, whatever you you feel like the market is going to be on game stacks here, but you're going to have to spread it out as well because we just get uh, surprised week in week out with who the, the best game stack is going to be. So you could stick to like what burn, you know, burns book and kind of stick to the, to taking those teams in the, or uh, taking the the games with the higher uh, totals and the team totals. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean the game that has the highest total on the board is going to be the biggest winner. But when I'm mass multi-entering, I'm certainly not fading it all the way. That's for sure.
0: Did you, I'm sure you did. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you um, attack
1: the the Monday night game? Oh, okay. What? Oh, the Monday night game was a mess. The
0: the, the two-gamer, did you play? I just, I played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You played the two-gamer. Okay. What was your exposure in the tournament to Nick
1: Chubb? hundred percent shame on you so yeah i don't want to get too deep into it i just so, wanted to know i like i wanted I have to, to know. go you have to go listen he was going to be the nuts if he doesn't get his knee blown out but um he had 70 yards like like one quarter into that game he, yeah he weird. was just, i yeah. think 64 yards or whatever he was in, in yeah. the first quarter uh and he was about to go into the end zone they were going to score right there <clears throat> and the, that touchdown goes to ford but I, in those short slates, I'll go all in on the guy who's going to be close to all. He was like, I think he was 90%. So at that point, like, I'm not going to go 70. I'm just going to go. He's in, he's in the winner, barring an injury hundred percent. So I'd just rather go a hundred percent on that player. Yeah. Um, a is in a similar situation. I just thought in that, I just thought, uh, um, Cooper was m- just massively under owned. Uh, amari cooper Well, so. Uper, cooper was the was the was the guy right that was so I up that. like 50 percent cooper but and that took me off a a bit before if cooper wasn't playing i would have just been all in on co on uh, a lave and on uh on chubb
0: oh wow that, you just went 100 i would want
1: 100 because they're just you know at 90 percent owned for both of them I, I just don't like fading i like fading you know 40 percent guys 50 percent guys but You you see it sometimes in in NASCAR too. The Guys like 65, 70% owned. Like I'll just go all in because at that point, even when they don't even score what you uh, assume they were going to score, unless they unless they're just terrible, they're gonna be in the nuts because so they're gonna be in the winner at least, because so many people are going to have them. And I'll just I'll just go, I'd rather just go over the market on those guys. Basketball happens all the time. That's how we win in basketball, is just going all in on the the value guy. Basketball is 70% owned.
0: A whole different story. Now I have one more. DFS like strategy related question for you. Sorry, we're I hope I hope you guys are watching and enjoying this shit because I'm gonna pick his brain when I can. So here's my other DFS related question. On this past Sunday, I can't believe we're doing this an hour. I should have done this up at the front. I didn't think of it. But on this past Sunday, we get information we're pretty close to lock, early lock, but maybe it was like 1245 that Cam Akers effectively benched. Kyron Williams, the starter, right? Um, The dude that won the million or one of the dudes who won a lot of money was talking about a sharper guy. And I think the dude that won the million did this also got this news said, you know what? This is late news about a cheap running back. That's starting now again in a game that didn't look great from a matchup perspective going up against San Francisco. But nonetheless, we find out that Kyron Williams is the starter and we know that because this information came out five minutes before early lock, no one's going to be playing him. No one's playing him. No one is on him. No one really liked Cam Akers. So it's like, eh, kind of, yeah, this other guy's playing. Who cares? But there were some sharp players who were like, I don't care if I can get a starting running back for cheap at low ownership uh, because the information was late and a lot of people aren't going to adjust. I'm going to adjust. And of course, Kyron Williams went off and you know the rest is history, million dollar winner. Do you instinctually, when you have a late Uh, bit of information like the Amari Cooper information wasn't supposed to play last second he's playing do you want to skew higher ownership to that player just for the leverage factor regardless of the matchup or any of the other uh, potential reasonings
1: there I mean often yes in that situation I didn't do it Um, I got the news and I didn't have much Williams anyway I just didn't I didn't like the match in a full slate like that it's like I don't know. I, I I don't think it was necessarily the like the greatest play. It worked out, but you've got a full slate. Like he still has to do something. It's not yeah, like a no, short slate.
0: And it was a bad matchup.
1: There's no doubt. Yeah. So I didn't really love the match. I'm like, I'm not changing all my lineups to bring in someone who I, you know, I, the thing is I already had him. I had him projected at a decent, you know, like he was, he was going to be the, the, the main back either way. And so my assumption was, you know, Acres fine. Acres isn't playing, but it's not going to really boost Williams all that much. It was just going with that. Forget who the 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 third running back was who came in. I'm like, it's just going to boost that that back and just maybe I bump up uh, Williams a little bit, but not enough to change it. So I mean, wanted to be in the wrong, but, wrong but ball. Flip but flip
0: side, so that situation not on board. But flip side, the Amari Cooper situation, same same deal. A lot of people not playing. Amari well, but... Cooper, I knew or... was
1: playing because Stefan, because Stefanski was on earlier in the day. I forget which show he was on and basically said he was going to play. So
0: yeah but um, people thought like oh he's, he's gonna play with a groin injury what if he's kind of half assing it he's still the loan the ownership was lowered artificially I, where normally, I i was shocked
1: he was at 15 owned and in, in i i was shocked
0: oh was he did he get all the way up to 50 and he was like an, oh, oh that's what i was gonna 15. say it was like uh,
1: yeah he was very low i was I wasn't surprised i wasn't surprised i was i was i was at 50 and i'm like yeah there's no i i that i didn't get um you know, I was initially like in the thirties, and I'm like, eh, I should probably get, I should probably get a little higher on him here because I wanna, I wanna be over. like, I think that's gonna be a key. Yeah, the, the, I mean, you wind up getting injuries in both games on, at the running back position. I mean, everything was just a mess. Um, Listen, other weird shit happened on that yeah. two
0: game slate, and and you're not expecting multiple running back injuries, but I did notice in my back testing that because weird shit happens. Um, that generally limiting all players regardless of how good the spot is to you know no more than 45 50% ownership across every single position group was a more profitable way to approach the two game slate uh just in general like especially though the Michael Thomas at 50% types uh that you want to be under the field on but but just generally when you did that what ends up happening is you just end up with more of the Jerome Fords and and the um and the Tony Jones juniors than you would if you don't do that, and it's just they randomly pop into lineups, and all of a sudden, I I did pretty good on the slate because I did that, I didn't I didn't limit it enough. I was at seventy percent chop because I I like you, I was like, man, this guy is in so good of a spot. I wish I'd gone lower, but but like just limiting it at all did allow the t- I had lineups with Jones Jr. and I had lineups with Ford, and those were in the top one hundred. Uh, In the in the tournament that I had entered. So that kind of saved my even though I didn't take first because I didn't force enough of those guys to find the right mix. But every lineup that had Ford or or the other dude in it uh, or, or Jones Jr. like was in basically the top 100. Like there weren't many lineups in the entire contest that just had those guys or just had one or the other. All right, anyway, let's get back to it. I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that little sort of DFS strategy break there because I love that kind of stuff. That's more important to me than talking about players or individual plays. I like to know how to react to certain situations and if we can come up with repeatable things like, you know what, if a player's supposed to be out, but then he's in, fuck it, load up because he's under-owned and if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, I like to have rules of thumb. I like a rule of thumb. Speaking of rules of thumb, I got a rule of thumb of not to play uh, players from this game. And that's the Patriots at the Jets. Now, the reason I want to play it is because uh, this game carries a 36 and a half point team total uh, game game total. One of the lowest totals I've ever seen in all of the watching of football. Not the lowest ever, but it is close. And the Patriots are two and a half point road favorites in this one. Now, John, betting angles. We going from my boys? J-E-T-S. Yeah, I, 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 I,
1: like the, I like the Jets plus I took it yesterday at the three and it's moved down now um, to the two and a half. So this defense is, I mean, I was shocked last week that Dallas was able to put 30 up again. So I, I think that says a lot more about D- Dallas than it did the Jets. This Jet defense is stifling. You, know, The thing about the Jets is like this team last year was in the same exact situation. I mean, all they did was just revert back to last year. And this team was a borderline playoff team last year with no quarterback. They never had a quarterback the entire year. And they still don't have a quarterback.
0: And they have better running backs, by the way. Last year, they lost Brees Hall. Yeah. um, And they were rolling uh, fucking Zonovan uh, Knight out as their running back. Now you've got Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, uh, healthy, both of them. So you have a a dynamic sort of running back duo to complement the lack of the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think I think the Patriots are in trouble in this game. Defense. Uh, I think they're going to have a hard time moving the ball. If you watch that game against Miami, um, yeah, I'm still not convinced here. Mac Jones is the guy. Now, you know, we were just talking about how many points he had on that the game against Philly, but I don't. I don't think you see it here. I think uh, I, I think they shut him down. So I do like the uh, I like taking the points here at home with with the Jets and. Just to see if we're getting anything. I don't know if we had any of the sharp sharp action on this uh on this one. If the if any of the sharps are agreeing with me. Mm. Well, you know, the public is actually on New England, which is always a good sign. So the public is bet New England. Not seen any sharp money yet
0: on the, the Squares
1: game. the squares are on the Patriots. Um I, I like all of it. Can you play Brees
0: Hall this week in the in a game like this? Jets defense paired up with Brees Hall, a little correlation.
1: Yeah, I think I think potentially um, Let me see what New England's done so far. I mean, they've been OK. Uh, nothing special against uh, against the run. It's it's tough. You know, listen, you go back to New England, what's New England going to do? I mean, they're going to try to shut the run down. I mean, so do I expect much there? Probably not. I mean, I You're mean, you saying, know, what the, the Patriots
0: will come into this game knowing the Jets are going to come in and try to run heavy and yeah, they you know, will they will bring a man down into the box. And yeah, make Zach
1: Wilson beat you through the air. You have to let Zach Wilson beat you. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you you can't let you can't let them just run the ball down your throat. So I think that's the the you know they'll play man to man pretty much. I think and and go ahead try and beat me. Um, you know, if I'm the Jets, I say this all the time. I'm like the one thing this kid could do is throw the ball. Like he's got a he's got a great arm. So I think the your game plan is if if they're going to stuff everything down low i think you've got to just air the ball out with wilson and hope for the best like play and play a long game right you're not going to grind like they're not going to have 80 yard drives with they're just not going to have 80 yard drives so every once in a while you probably you know you hit not that it was a bomb but you hit that one to garrett wilson last week right just kind of a blown uh angle that they took there at dallas but you're gonna have to take those kind of shots you're gonna have to throw the ball 20 yards down the field plus and hope that you hit a couple of them and, and then just rely on your defense to shut teams down i mean that's how they're gonna have to play
0: Right from John Statsation Alessia's mouth, play Garrett Wilson this week because the Patriots are going to smash the box, try to stop the run at all costs. That will leave a safety not over top. And Zach Milson trying to hit the hot MILF in the in the stands will
1: accidentally throw it to Garrett Wilson. Well- who will take one to the house. Let me ask you this about Garrett. Like, why was everyone so excited about Garrett Wilson this year? Because Aaron Rodgers was going to be the quarterback. And And because of what he did last year. And they're like, well, now he's getting a better quarterback, right? Well, he reverts back to like what I just said. Like Uh, a lot of those good games
0: in fairness, a lot of those good games last year came with like Mike White or other quarterbacks. It wasn't Milson who was, it was like Joe Flacco. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Zach Wilson
1: who was, who was the quarterback for most of his good games. So I can't, but I would not in season long leagues. Like if, you, if people are down on Garrett Wilson, I would not be like, they had, they don't have any other, like that's going to be the guy. I mean, he's going to be their offensive guy. Yeah, I get it. You know, the offense sucks, but when they suck at all, you know, when the passing game is just going to one guy, which I think that's all they're going to be. There's no one to else do. to throw to.
0: There's no Alan Lazard was a, was a, was a, um, a Rogers guy. He's not like a, right. There's no one else to throw to on that team. So I really like it. All right, John, let's power through the rest of these as we spend a lot of time a little I think great time talking DFS strategy. On that note, what's going on with your power ranking sheet? When is that when it's is that up on the, it's up on the app. I saw the power ranking sh- sheet on the Sharp app, but I did not see the full sheet. I saw yeah, It's hard to get the
1: uh, it's it's hard for it to be um to look right on the app but I did post it in the discord for all the right, guys in the discord.
0: Let's work on that in the next week's um show we'll, we'll uh pop down on screen show people what what they're missing in the Sharp app discord um, cuz that's one of my favorite DFS tools as well and um across the board, and fantasy sports tools so we'll we'll um we'll mention that and you can get access to that everybody who's a, a Sharp app subscriber can get that in the Sharp app discord if you're not a member of Sharp code Army DFSA20 20% off all right um Saints at the Packers. The Saints are plus two on the road here. Packers are home favorites. This game carries a 42.5 point total. Saints did not look that good to me the other day um, in getting that win against the Panthers, and the Panthers suck. I think um, the Packers are a lot better of a team than the Panthers here um, offensively and just just in general defensively across the board. Um, So... Saints plus two here. I don't know. what's a, uh, This feels like a Packers spot to me all day, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks that way. I I don't have anything that I, I like, so I haven't made a bet yet on this game. Packers are getting hit pretty good here. The public's on the Packers. Um, they're getting hit with the money, over 90% of the money coming in on the Packers. Uh, the under's getting bet as well. Line, how's the line move? From one to three, kind of settled in at the two. And on the total, if I can scroll across, yeah, that's kind of bounced up and down as well. So you we can't get too much of a read on there. But like I said, the public, as you might expect, on Green Bay, the Green Bays looked a lot better, I think than than New Orleans has. So I, I get the uh, you know, you're getting the underneath a a field goal here at home. I think people the, are the, apt to uh, to take. It. But the New Orleans defense hasn't been terrible. The Saints play worse on the road, John. They just do. And that's been years, years
0: and years. Now, I don't need different coaches, different players. I think it might be just Dome teams, just when they leave the Dome are just not as good. I am i don't, I, you know, that's just kind of my, my theory on it. But they haven't been good. They haven't been good. They they play better at home than on the road. So that, that for me is a big part of this one. Um, Saints don't have much going on at running back. This is a weird game for DFS purposes. So let's talk about the Saints running back situation right now. They don't have much going on. They got Ford Jr. They've got, um, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara waiting in the wings. Uh, uh, The the rookie. I can't remember his name. They haven't been able to run the
1: ball anyway.
0: Yeah, but the rookie anyway uh, has been out for the last couple weeks. Um, uh, His name escapes me at this moment. I don't know why. But um, the the rookie running back, uh, the name escapes me. But he he hasn't played, and I don't think he's going to. So they might get another game of... Ford jr for cheap which okay kendry miller um if kendry plays i think he actually might take the role or you just don't want to mess with their running backs at all the running backs haven't been good it's been jamal williams it's been bad matchups but you know they're switching the personnel up uh the flip side the packers there's a rotating crew of neer do and injured players at wide receiver i don't know how to mess with anything dfs purposes uh on the packers until like a christian watson comes back it's hard to trust any of them uh A.J. Dillon, so I don't think I, I don't think uh, Jones is going to play once again, which means we'll get another game of A.J. Dillon. Dillon didn't do shit in the last game uh, as well. Didn't get touches. They didn't get opportunities. I, I don't blame him. Didn't play bad. Just didn't get many opportunities at all. It's a weird one. It's a weird one for DFS. I don't really trust Dillon after the lack of opportunities last week. I don't really know what's going on with the Saints running backs. I didn't see enough volume for Olave to want to pay up for him. I'm having a hard time uh picking spots in this game that I'm interested in. As I mean, the whole game just doesn't interest me that much from a DFS angle. Sorry. It's just what it is. Let's move on, John. Titans at the Browns. Uh, next up, we're we're this is the the last of the early games. And uh the Titans are three and a half point road underdogs taking on a Browns team. Man, Deshaun Watson, he looked like shit. This the, the team total 42 and a half on this one. Deshaun Watson looked terrible last week. Sacked um seven times, just just awful, just awful, awful, awful. But that was against a much better defensive team, I would say, particularly against the pass. Uh now they get the Titans, who are, you know, I, I would imagine your sheet loves attacking the Titans via the air. Um, they have not been a very good defensive team when it comes to uh stopping the pass. They're they've been elite at stopping the run. Uh, so far the season from, uh, at least my, my basic, uh, understanding of it. So, you know, do we, I, I'm going right back to Mari Cooper. That dude is the clear alpha in that offense. I'm going right back to him, John, on the Brown yeah. side, Titan side. It's tough to trust anybody outside of Derek Henry.
1: From a betting standpoint, I've been riding Tennessee the first two weeks. To work for me, and I'm coming back to him this week again. So I'm going to go three weeks in a row on the Titans. I got this one. Let me see. I did get the uh, three and a half on that. So uh put that in, I think, yesterday or the day before for uh, – yeah, yesterday for, for everybody at the Sharp app. So, yeah, with that low total, though, and let's see where the money's coming in. I mean, we, we don't have anything on the Sharp report on the game more money is coming in on the on the Titan side, and then most of the money coming in on the under. I think people just saw that Monday night game looked atrocious. Uh, I mean, you you nailed it. Where Tennessee's been dominant against the running backs, they've had. Well, think about this now. So the chalky value running back has faced Tennessee week one, week two, and now week three again. You've got another backup coming in. To- and it,
0: it's it's burned us. It, or and if it's you to probably a,
1: burn again this week. I, I, I feel differently this week.
0: I feel like this time I'm getting I didn't play him the first two weeks. We were clearly off of them. Titans defense really good against the run. And especially Kelly being the chalk that week, we we're like, dude, just let somebody else take that chalk. Um, as we talk about it in the DFS Army uh sheets and
1: Discord. I'm kind of getting on Ford though. I I mean I watched that game. He wasn't overly impressive. I mean, he had one he had, he had one long run. I mean, he had a ton of yards, but one of them he got most of it on one run. Then he had that one run that was phenomenal where he was like held for like a five yard loss and turned it into an eight yard game. That was great. Um, he gets in the end zone there right at the Chubb injury. Um, he catches that pass. So I don't know. i i I, I mean that offensive line, it's a great offensive line, Cleveland. so you so that they should be able to run the ball. You know, a lot of it is Chubb, but that offensive line is is good to run again. It's this is the real. Uh, sort of uh, the immovable object against the uh, irresistible, was it the or, now I forgot irresistible that it is force meets the immovable object yes, yes, um, so that's the, here because Tennessee, you know, has been able to be uh, pretty dominant against the run but they've been terrible against the pass you just got to be careful in a game like this with with such a low total, I mean, is it going to bust out into a big scoring game where you know, Cooper's going to Cooper's going to be that guy, I don't know, I don't think so, so yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to I'll I'll tread lightly with this game as far as as far as DFS goes, but I do like Tennessee plus the points.
0: I like I like the bet side that you're taking there and I, and I, again, I'm just going to iterate reiterate this. When teams produce well to a position and they swap in a different guy, that's a much better situation than some team that kind of sucks at running back anyway,
1: but now the cheap replacement guy is in there, right? Well, when they have a great offensive line and that's the reason which they do. So
0: That could be a reason. It could be that Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback and he just checks down to the running back 10 times a game. It doesn't matter to me what the reason is. All I need to know is this team produces really well uh, running back outcomes that are really good. And Cleveland has been doing that for like five years now. That's literally been the focus of their offense. So when they swap in a different guy, that's better than a team that it's, you know, like the Bears, like, ah, some other guy starting or or, or, the, or the Vikings who don't produce that well to the running back position most weeks anyway, so who cares? It's just a little different of a situation, and I am going to play Ford at his price this week, um, especially on FanDuel where he is just a screaming, screaming buy. All right. Panthers at the Seahawks. We are in the four o'clock zone. Um, only a couple games, uh, only a couple late games, three of them. This week so Panthers at the Seahawks this one's really interesting um 42 point total Seahawks six point home favorites John the 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 Panthers offense is a mess I mean listen expected but the rookie looks like a rookie out there he's making mistakes he's throwing interceptions uh they're letting him make mistakes they're letting him learn but um the Panthers don't have like a strong enough running game to make up for that uh in my mind so I expect a lot of losses for the Panthers this year, and I expect them to lose this game. Will they lose by six or more?
1: I mean, the the Sharps like Carolina. So Sharp Money came in um, looking at the Sharp report on the Panthers side. I had the Panthers Monday night. We were just talking about that. Uh, I, I think they got to let Young kind of run a little bit more. I mean, that seemed like to be some of their best offense was when he was able to get out of the pocket and, and and scramble a little bit. So we'll see if they if they do that in this game, but um, yeah, he's not a as, big runner in college. Anyway. No, but he's got him he, 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 no, he can I, do I, it. I don't think he designed runs, but he, he's got to get out there and run. I mean, his total was like nine and a half uh, Monday night, his yardage total and that, and he, and he beat that easy. I thought that was kind of a good over uh, play, but uh, yeah, you, you're going to see, we'll see what his prop is this week on that. And that, that's another thing, like getting the sharp app and look at all the top props and all the props when you're doing DFS, just because it's going to help you figure out, um projections especially on like the the short slate like the uh the showdowns and stuff like that where you could really get in there and start looking at you know look at the court it's it's it should be you know super easy to just do the math in your head like it's the same stuff that we did for the prize picks prop 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 propizer which is just looking at um the what the sports books have and then converting that into a projection but you could go look at like you know, passing yards, receiving yards. Look at the look at the uh, you know the Thursday night game. That's all up there right now. You can look at the Thursday night game and be like, all right, well, what's the total going to be for uh, passing yardage by um, you know uh, Daniel Jones's passing yardage, and then figure out his his rushing total, and you'll get a, you'll get a decent idea. And then you know just look up what his his touchdown props are, and you can get your own projection without even looking up. Uh, projection. So I like that especially in the uh in the short slates. But
0: Thursday night freebie, John George Kittle under 45 and a half yards. Boom. You like the under? I mean, uh, you know, they're not throwing a Kittle when um they haven't been throwing when to him and 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 Ayuk are healthy. They're not throwing to him. Yeah. I love the
1: under here. Yeah. That's great. Great spot. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm stepping on your throat in that league that we're in together, but I had a monster week, but I do have Kittle on that and I haven't been able to play him because it's just not getting the uh, it's not getting looks. But in
0: fairness, in fairness to me, I, I did not draft. You it. didn't draft
1: that. League. Yeah, I know you I did didn't. not draft it, so I can't. I can't. Get on not that. a bad team, but I didn't. No, your it. team's pretty good, but yeah, it's not bad. But you did not draft it. Yeah. Um, I just want to win that league because they because I went very unconventional intentionally with the hope of it uh, being good. So. Well, it's an
0: that's an NFFC. That's an expensive league, but it's also part of a giant tournament. You don't just win the league; you get into a tournament with a massive um, prize. And it was the all top. these,
1: you know, it's all the, these experts from mm. wherever. So I, I'm like, so I like to go a little, I went a little wacky with my, with my strategy in the hopes that I could crush these guys. Cause they, cause they, uh, you know, they were ripping on it. I'm like, well, you know, when 10 teams are all doing the same thing, you got to go different. So, but right. anyway, yeah, with this game, Carolina, like I said, the, the sharp money came in at the plus six. We're seeing the money come in on Seattle. That makes sense. Money's coming in on the under, so yeah, if you want to back the Sharp side of the game, we, I mean, that's the beauty inside the Sharp app. You, you, you head to the Sharp report. Anthony posts it periodically throughout the course of the day and each and every day he updates it and you could just back the Sharp money and, and do well. So the Sharp's taken Carolina at plus six. Um, and I'm not shocked with that play at all. Um, as far as DFS angles go on this one, uh, I'll go back to what we
0: talked about earlier on the show in the props breakdown in that. Um, I don't really see this one as where the Seahawks passing offense just lights it up. Uh, I think the Seahawks defense is a great, great play, and it's probably my favorite semi-cheap defense option on the main slate. Uh, Again, Bryce Young is just making mistakes, and we're going to take advantage of that uh, as much as we can. On on the Seahawks side, I think this is a run-heavy approach. I think we could see two touchdowns for Kenny Walker, K-Dubs, Kenny Dynamite Walker, as I like to call him, so um, that's the only real player that carries my interest in this game as a whole, period. Um, let's move on, John. Bears at the Chiefs, 0-2 Bears, 12 half point road underdogs, taking on a Chiefs team that's just 1-1 right now, has not put it all together offensively yet. Uh, Kelsey's back, getting healthier. The rest of the wide receiver groups are is basically, how would I put it? Just kind of getting things figured out at the moment for the Chiefs. And the Bears, you know, I don't know what's going on with Justin Fields, but it's funny. Um, I the, the same play that I noticed where I go, there's something wrong with this kid's confidence. I later saw on Twitter by an analyst talking about how is he missing this wide open guy? Because he's he's afraid to let loose. He's afraid to throw the football. It's a confidence issue. It's gonna click, I think, at some point, John. It will click, and we're. How do we know when?
1: Well, I'm more concerned with the fact that they've only designed like a handful of run, not even a handful, I think, z- design runs for him. Like his value, we need him running the ball for the value. Um, I think it was, yeah, last week was, was really disappointing. I think uh, that was a spot where I thought he was going to have a better game. You know, I could give him the pass in week one. Packers have all summer to, to kind of game plan for him in the division. You know, week two against Tampa, I thought he was going to do a little bit better than he did. Now, Kansas City defense looked strong last week. Um, you know, the defense hasn't really been their problem. It's been the offense, which is which is crazy, uh, Kansas City. You'd like to think they get healthy this week here, and they put up some points. Um, you know, we, we, we shall see. Now, I like this at plus 13. I'm actually taking the points. You're taking bears in the points. I'm taking the bears in the points here. I took it at 13. Has it moved now? I think it's moved to 12 and a half. Uh, it's in at 12 and a
0: half on the book that I'm looking. Yeah, at. I'm it's looking so it's at actually better come, better. come
1: down since I've taken yeah. it. Um, yeah. So I caught it at 13 yesterday, and it's kind of dropped to 12 and a half or, or 12. Let me ask you a question, where you are.
0: Uh, um, just a just a sharp better or or just a general better question. So you're taking the plus 13. Does that coincide with an over, an under, or it's completely irrelevant? Yeah,
1: them? well, it does. So if you like the Bears, you're gonna you're gonna want to take the game on to the under, right? Uh, we saw this with the. It's very similar to that Dallas game last week. Like if Dallas against the Jets, like if Dallas was going to cover that game, you, you wanted to take it on the over. I actually liked that game under, so I liked if I, I didn't really, I didn't like it enough to bet it. But I like that game to the under, which means I'm like, if you force me, I'm going to take the Jets plus the points. You're getting even more points here. This is 13 points at a total. Now it's a high total, right? So that game was a much lower total. But I still, if you're going to take double digit dogs, generally those teams are going to cover only because the game just gets, um, maybe gets a little sloppy and stays stays low scoring. You know, if they somehow keep, uh, you know, they keep the uh, Chiefs to 24 points. And they could get to 13, 14 points, like that type of a game where the game stays under. That's typically how it's going to cover. So yeah, if you like, if you if you're willing to lay the points, then usually you want to take the game to the over.
0: Yeah. Okay. I was curious on, on that note. Um, as far as DFS angles go in this game, John. So the Bears look like they're going to start to feature maybe Roshan Johnson sooner than later at running back. I'm not ready to jump on board with that, but if you uh, have a fantasy league that you're in, it's a guy you probably want to pick up pretty quick. Um, I, I played DJ Moore last week. I, I think you go right back to him here. DJ Moore remains underpriced. He is should be the focal point of the passing offense for the Bears. and And, you know, they don't throw it a lot, but they're going to be down in this game, and they're probably going to be throwing – You could probably go right back to DJ Moore, but obviously in in order for that to work, Fields has to not completely suck. I don't know if we can count on that. Um, Certainly if I have Fields in the lineup, I am stacking him because for him to produce at his elevated salary right now, it won't be enough just with the legs. He's got to throw a little bit. So I need one of Komet or uh, DJ Moore in that lineup with him. Uh, Not because Fields can't have a decent day without any passing work, but he's not winning you the tournament at his price unless he hits the 30-plus number, which doesn't happen um, with the legs alone. He's got to do something with the pass as well to get there. Um, as far as the Chiefs go, I think outside of uh, outside of Kelsey, who's always a very good play every single week, no matter what, I don't trust any of them. I don't trust any of those wide receivers. I don't trust the running backs. I don't trust any of it. But Chiefs defense is really interesting, so that that's a spot that we can pay attention to. Last game of the slate, John Cowboys at the Cardinals. And since we're talking about 12 and a half point spread, massive, uh, massive underdog situations, we got another one of those here for you. Um, But in this case, I think the Dallas uh, defense backs up that number, uh, you know, coming in to give a beating to, uh, to the Chargers. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Dallas looks like they're on a mission charge the
0: Cardinals. Yeah. The yeah. Cardinals.
1: Yeah. The, you know, Dallas looks like they're on a mission. I, I, everyone with the, you know, Cardinals are tanking and all that, but like you, I hate, I hate that talk. Like, t- especially in the NFL, like teams don't tank. Now front offices may tank. Like they may put an inferior product out on the field. But if you think some, these guys are going out on an NFL field and tanking, like not giving it their all, like you're out of your mind. Like the players always want to win. Players want to win and they also don't want to get hurt. Like, if you think they're going to half ass it out on the field, like, there's no one, you know, n- there's no NFL players out there, you know, not giving, not giving it all. The coaches certainly want to win for their jobs. So once they put the, now it's an inferior product. We know what the product is. So have that's you, what the have line you
0: met? Is. Have you met Kyler Murray? I'm pretty sure there are some guys not giving it their all.
1: Well, that there are always, there are always a couple of guys who aren't giving Wait, it. That should be the thumbnail. I just made a thumbnail face. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yes, I did. But for the most part, listen, these guys are trying to win. so but with that said, I think Dallas is on a mission right now to shut out week one, uh, just gave up that one long pass to, to Wilson last week otherwise that you know that that game, they pretty much shut the jet no you know not the most difficult and they're they're not gonna have a hard time shutting down Arizona as well. So have we really seen a true test of Dallas not yet, but I think I think that you know when you get when you get those really great defenses, and this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, they start feeding into uh, the whole, like they want to keep you to the the least amount of points as possible, no matter what the offense puts up. So, And they're, they're playing it hard throughout the game. Like they're on a mission to be the number one defense in the league this year. I think that's their goal. And you're seeing a change in offense, the offensive play calling. He said he was going to run the ball more. He has. They're leaning on the run. You know, it's not all about Dak. Um, right now so when you have a defense like that that's that is kind of the way you want to play it right run the ball got a great offensive line and that that's what we're seeing so you know fantasy wise Dak hasn't been great but the running game has been and defensively just across the board just every facet of the game they're just shutting teams down so uh difficult to to like Arizona in this one from a I am
0: not team. I don't I think it's a sucker bet if you if you uh take the 12 and a half here you gotta you gotta play the Dallas side or include Dallas in your teaser and just get the number down to six, six and a half, you know, just tease it. Tease that. You could tease that in the Chiefs and lock in some wins. It's easy. Easy money. Lock it in. Tease it down. Um, Let me give you a couple DFS angles on this game and there are only two that really matter in my opinion. Number one, Playing the Cowboys defense in this game over 4K will not be done by a lot of people in the field. They are wildly expensive. They're going to be super low-owned. And the the upside is like a GPP-winning 30-point game. That is the potential for Dallas defense here and every week. Against a poor opponent, this team can clean up. I played them last week, got the 15 for the 4K price point. And you know what? I think it was the right call. I think it was the right call. Um Tony Pollard, you mentioned him in the breakdown. The dude is a stud. He got a ton of touches last week. The the Cowboys broke the mold last week with Pollard against the Jets. In a game they didn't really need to do this, and they went out and they ran him 25 times and targeted him eight times. Those are elite Christian McCaffrey peak numbers. He still put up 26 fantasy points against the Jets, who have one of the best defenses in the entire NFL, Tony Pollard is going to run wild. What you going to do when Tony Pollard runs wild on you this weekend, John? You see how I brought it back around? Yeah, I like, I like the WWF I'm, reference. I'm doing that because I finally discovered a piece of pop culture that you're aware of. I'm going away from the Lord of the Rings stuff, and I'm going right to 1980s WWF. I feel like it was a discovery today. I like, but, yeah.
1: You, there's nothing I don't know about any wrestling from the '80s.
0: I love it. I used to rent. I used to go to Blockbuster and rent the old WrestleManias to rewatch them all the time. Like I am such a fan of the shit. Uh, I, I love that you like it too. Um, but anyway, Cowboys defense. Tony Pollard. Yeah, could C.D. Lamb or one of these other uh, side pieces have a good game? Sure, but that's not the way I'm going to do it for this particular game. All right, guys. John, that's going to do it for the game plan NFL Week Two main slate coverage. Remember uh to check out DFS Army. Promo code Geek gets you 10% off. Sign up for VIP. And of course, John representing the Sharp app, you can get all the incredible tools we talked about here on the show. Code DFSA20 on Sharp.app. You sign up as a VIP. It's $39.99 a month. It never changes. You want that subscription. That price, that subscription price will be $150 a month in a year. You want to catch it now. Uh, we're adding tools on the Sharp app every single week. We're improving the proptimizer tool every week. And there's so many awesome things coming at Sharp. You guys have no idea. So make sure you're signed up there. Uh, and incredible DFS tools as well. Do the proptimizer really does work. Uh, wonders for DFS. Of course, the sleeper, um, and, 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 um, price picks tools, everything over there. Is really designed to help your bets um, and focus on player outcomes, which is really what we do at DFS Army as well. So check out Sharp App as well, and we want to thank the sponsor of this video, Mojo Fantasy, which is like a super fun game. You guys really should check. Promo code DFS Army. Uh, you have to download it on the Apple Store. Use code DFS Army when you sign up. You get uh, they will match your deposit up to hundred dollars, and um, it's just it's it's the effect of playing on a sports book. An incredible, really cool, unique idea for a sports book where the prop markets are always liquid. But you can do it in a DFS format. And that's what I like. In a double up, so you're not risking thousands of dollars. You're risking 20 bucks. You win, you win 40 bucks. You lose, uh, you lose your 20. No big deal. But you get to bet player props all weekend long. Have fun and be doing it in game. So make sure you check that out. We will see you guys next time on another game plan.